it's official. The Pelicans and the Knicks are going to the finals. We were right. We predicted this. Who didn't see this coming? After game one, Pelicans and Knicks locked for the finals. It's the cipher. No, the Knicks and Pelicans won't meet in the finals. I'm going to go on a limb and say they won't meet in the finals for quite some time, if ever. They're both not good enough to be in the finals. The Knicks aren't good enough to make the playoffs, but the Pelicans are a solid team. And before the season started, what I pointed out is with the addition of Julius Randle, you add him to Miritich along with A.D., and you've got a beast of a frontline rotation because he can actually spell either AD or Miritich. But let's be realistic about this. If I told you they were going to blow the Rockets out by 19 points, you'd have been like, not likely, not in the season in the opener at Houston. But that's what happened. But again, it is the first game of an 82-game season. And while I was impressed with what the Pelicans did, Are you really thinking that front line is going to give you 86 points, 34 rebounds, and 14 assists for 81 more games? If you believe that, then you're right. They're going to go undefeated. They're going to sweep their way through the playoffs and win the finals. Not in four games. They're going to do some unique thing. They're going to win so badly in three games that the other team is going to just give up and quit. There won't be a fourth game. There'll be a forfeit and they'll win a championship. The point I'm making is it's game one and so many people are quick to get into the comments and get into their feelings over game one. If you're a Houston Rockets fan, you don't want to lose. Nobody likes to lose. But just so I can remind you, as great as your team was last season, winning 65 games, they didn't go undefeated. They lost 17 games. And I got a newsflash. The likelihood of them winning 65 again, it's not that likely. They may very well win 58 or 60 games. And somehow, even with that lesser record, in the end, when the playoffs start, once their full roster is implemented, I still think the Houston Rockets will be in the conference finals versus the Warriors. Anthony Davis is an amazing player. No, it's not shocking that AD would go for 32 points, 16 rebounds. The eight assists were impressive along with three blocks. But if you're expecting Eton Moore to average 21 points a game, that's not going to happen. I do expect Drew Holiday to score more than 10, but again, it wasn't a blowout, so Drew Holiday was kind of coasting on offense. He really did a great job defensively on James Harden. He stayed in Harden. He made Harden go sideways and kept James Harden from going downhill. One of the keys to guarding James Harden is to keep him off the foul line. And James Harden only got to the foul line four times. That's Drew Holiday and some solid help defense. Drew Holiday is going to be productive. I don't doubt his talent. I don't doubt what he's going to do for the Pelicans. I expect Drew Holiday to average between 16 and 18 points a game again be an all-NBA performer defensively and probably make another all-star team. The question I have is, what kind of production are you going to get from Alfred Payton and the other perimeter players? Payton had a solid night. He had a triple-double. 
If he can do that on a consistent basis, make smart decisions while running the team, then the Pelicans are going to be an interesting team to watch. But do I think the Pelicans are better than the Rockets after one game? No, I do not. But I will say this. I am buying into Julius Randle. I hated that the Lakers had to let him go. But I love him as a pickup for the Pelicans. Again, Julius Randle's ability to fill in for both AD and Miritich gives them a great versatile front line. And he's unique with his own skill set because he can grab the rebound, start the break, and make passing decisions on the fly. I like Julius Randle's ability to attack the basket. I like Randle's ability to hit the offensive boards. And I like his tenacity. He gives the Pelicans another element of toughness. toughness, And he's also a rebounding machine. He's kind of a bull in a china shop, but he's the kind of bull you want on your squad. So I'm buying into that the Pelicans will be a potential playoff team. I do not think it's a lot because I'm still concerned about the production they're going to get over the course of a season, not for one game, from their other wing players, not named Drew Holiday. Again, it's one game, guys. It's fun. And I say this. Look, enjoy it. The NBA is back. So root for your favorite team. Root for your favorite player. Root against your least favorite team, your least favorite player. But don't get so caught up into the one game that you fall into the trap of some of these pundits who are writing articles as if the season has been decided already. And that's far from the case. If you look at the Lakers versus the Portland Trailblazers last night. Portland was phenomenal, but the truth of the matter is you could live with Damian Lillard getting 28 points on 21 shots. You could live with C.J. McCallum getting 21 points on 17 shots when he only went six for 17. What the Lakers didn't do defensively is they didn't account for Nick Skouskis. And Skouskis is a talented catch and shoot guy, but he actually put the the ball on the floor yesterday and kind of surprised the Lakers. But I don't want to go crazy. Nick Skouskis for his career averages about seven points a game. Even if he doubled up and gave you 14, you could have lived with that. But when Nick Skouskis goes for 24 points a game, you're going to lose that game. So while I thought the Lakers showed some signs of things they can improve off of defensively, what I was most disappointed is I thought that they're switching and I thought that they went, the way they covered on the three-point line was poor. I didn't think they switched and showed fast enough. They just weren't that active defensively for long enough stretches of time. And again, that's a chemistry thing that will come over the course of the season. I don't think this is Luke Walton's set starting five. There's a really good chance that Josh Hart might take over for Caldwell Pope. And I like KCP. He is a three and D guy. But if you're not going to be involved in the game, if you're going to kind of drift through the game, which he did. Caldwell Pope only took three shots. Now, some of that's on him and some of that's on his teammates. They've got to set him up for opportunities to get some looks. But if you play 27 minutes and you only put up three shots, some of that is your own activity and confidence. Kuzma played 28 minutes, and you know he's going to put up shots. Kuzma went 5 for 15. Josh Hart played 27 minutes and got up 12 shots. Lonzo played 19 minutes and got up 7 shots. 
Lance Stevenson, who's not a shooter, but can get to the basket, played 16 minutes and got up six shots. So my point to KCP is on this team with these young ascending players, and you're actually young yourself. KCP's only 24. You've got to be more aggressive. You've got to demand the ball. You've got to make yourself part of the game. Yes, the Lakers struggle from three. They only shot seven for 30 from the three-point line. But I thought that their lack of defense was ultimately what doomed them in this game. They're not going to be the best three-point shooting team, but they'll shoot better than seven for 30 over the course of the season. What I would be concerned about as a Laker fan is the perimeter defense, and I'd be concerned with the free throw shooting. They, they cannot miss as many free throws as they did last night. But remember, one game, 82-game season. If you want to really get a good gauge on how well the Lakers are or any team in the NBA, you're going to have to get to 25, 30 games to get a real feel for what they're doing, how they're working with each other, how young players are developing to actually have an idea of what type of team you have. It's too early yet. I know it's exciting and I know some people want to go, this is why the Lakers aren't going to make the playoffs. Or some people are saying this is why the Lakers are going to be an A seed. So I'll stick to my guns and reinforce what I said. Barring a major injury, this current roster, and I don't know if this is going to be the final roster, but this current roster is good enough to be a four or five seed. And I expect that's exactly what they will be. And in the bigger picture over the course of the season, not judging off of one night, the Lakers will be a better basketball team than the Portland Trailblazers. Unless Nick Stauskas can average 24 points a game over the course of a season, and he won't do that. When you look at what happened last night also, Sixers versus the Bulls. I thought that game, at least last night, what I saw from Markel Folks was this. He didn't shoot well, but he wasn't afraid to shoot. And, I, and I've said this before, what they need from him is for him to show that he can be a solid contributor, that he can be productive. He doesn't have to play with the pressure of where he was drafted at. When you've got Simmons, when you've got Embiid, they don't need him to score 20 a night. That would be great. I'm sure Philly fans want that. I, they might even expect that over some, or some point. What I'm telling you is right now today, if Markel Fultz can duplicate just the performance he had last night, if he can give you 12 points, five rebounds, five assists, and be active defensively, that's going to go a long way into where the Sixers are going to finish come April. But if he can go beyond that, if he can shoot a higher percentage, because that's what be that would be my main concern if I'm Brett Brown. Not just the shots that he gets up, but how efficient he can be. I think the young man has game. I don't know if he'll ever be a shooter, but I don't question whether or not he can be productive and have an impact on this team. If the Sixers have one problem, and it's a problem they've had, minus Markel Fultz, is the sloppy passes, the turnovers. Uh, they have a habit of just being very sloppy with the basketball. But when they lock in and when they focus and they don't turn the basketball over, this is a difficult team to defend. And I think they made some wise choices. Look, getting back Fultz is awesome. But the rookie that they drafted that they brought in last night, that young man gives them another three-point shooter. He gives them another guy that can catch and shoot. 
So when you pair him with Reddick coming off the screens and J.J. Reddick is one of the best at moving without the basketball, it opens up the floor. And when you open up the floor, it gives Ben Simmons a route to go downhill. He goes downhill. He gets to the bucket. He makes things happen. It's one game, y'all. We're all enjoying it. Love that the NBA is back. But let's not go crazy over wins and losses in the first week of the season. One more note on Rockets-Pelicans. The Rockets didn't lose this game, even though they didn't play their best offense. They didn't lose it because of their offense. They lost this game because of their defense. If I told you Eric Gordon and P.J. Tucker were going to combine for 40 points, you'd probably tell me the Rockets would win easier in a blowout. The fact is, the Rockets got out-rebounded 54-37. to And yes, they will miss... Trevor Ariza to some degree. But Trevor Ariza wouldn't have had any impact on Anthony Davis because Trevor Ariza is not guarding Anthony Davis. He can't guard Anthony Davis. He can't guard Julius Randolph. He can't guard Miritich. They're all bigger than him, stronger than him. The people he would be guarding, somebody like uh, an Eton Moore or maybe even a Drew Holiday, those guys... Eton Moore had a good game, and maybe he could have slowed him down. But he would have had no impact on that front line scoring 86 points. That 86, that those numbers, those crazy numbers, because I'm looking at some of the Facebook comments, those crazy numbers, that 86 points, 34 rebounds, and 14 assists, those are numbers that Bird, Parrish, and McHale didn't put up. That's how insane that night was. And I'm not saying that these three aren't capable of doing something like that again. What I'm saying is, if you think that's going to happen over the life of an 82-game season, then you know something I don't know. You know that the Pelicans are, in fact, going to the finals, and Anthony Davis is going to sign an extension and never leave. Let's enjoy this. AD's one of the great players in basketball. And let's just say... That night, he and his crew got the best of two of the other greats. AD is an MVP candidate. He's the guy I actually think is going to win the MVP, but it remains to be seen. We definitely don't determine it off of one game. If we did, like I said, he's the MVP, they're going to the finals, and the Rockets would be in the lottery. That's not how this is going to play out. Let's let the season play out, and let's enjoy this. I see some of the crazy stuff like, Where's all this talk about the Lakers going to the playoffs now? (laughs) Guys, it's one game. And I'm sticking to my guns. If they don't make the play, matter of fact, if the Lakers don't finish in that 4-5 spot, hey, you're welcome to come at me. You can disagree with me and tell me how wrong I was. I'm sure there's no shortage of LeBron haters out there to say that LeBron's overrated. I'm going to disagree with you. He's not just the best player of this era. He is on the Mount Rushmore of the NBA. He is one of the three greatest players to ever play this game. And in terms of being elite and great over an extended period of time. And I know Jordan people will say, well, Jordan went away from the game for a couple of years. Or how LeBron started when he was 18, so he had a four-year head start. And those things are factually true. But in terms of being a dominant and great player 
over an extended period of time, he doesn't have an equal. He's that dude. I'm not saying he's the GOAT because I'm going to judge the GOAT off of what you did, who you did it with at your very best and who you went up against. And when you were on top, did you stay on top? I think there's a lot of a lot of factors when we start talking GOAT. So I don't want to get lost in that. But for all the LeBron haters out there. Generational player. Greatest player of this era by far. And one of the three greatest ever. And his story is still continuing. He's not done. And if you're a Laker fan, whether you loved him before he got there or not, you want his story to end with a couple of more championships. So I'm having fun. I'm excited that the NBA is back. Um, I'm actually enjoying some of the comments because when I look at what some of the fam on Facebook are saying and some of the fam in other areas of social media are saying, I've got people telling me, the Raptors are, you can book it. The Raptors and the Celtics are going to the conference finals. Sixers aren't good enough. They just don't have enough talent. I've seen people already say that they think this is Damian Lillard's year. Dame's going to win MVP. And Portland is going to the conference finals. I respect your opinion. And I actually agree that there's no question Boston and the Raptors are the front runners. In the Eastern Conference. But what I am saying is, when it's all said and done, at the end of the year, I'm still saying my dark horse, the team that I think is going to upend one of them and end up in the Eastern Conference Finals, I'm still going to run with them young guns with the Sixers. And I know I'm the guy that always tells you, and it's the truth, more or less, and it's really more, that the NBA is a young man's game For the first 82 games, when you get into the playoffs, when you're talking about winning championships. There is no there's never been a core 25 and under that ever won a title ever. At least maybe not not in modern basketball. I don't know about in the 50s, but then the brothers wasn't playing. That's a whole other story. But my point is this. You need to have veterans. You need to have a mixture. That's what wins titles, whether you have. Talented all-star caliber veterans with young up-and-coming talent or young ascending talent with veterans that can help them get over the top in crunch time and money time that can galvanize and bring a team together. It's always a combination. When you look at the Warriors when they won their first title, they were 26, 27 years old, but the guy that kind of galvanized them and brought them together when they struggled was the veteran, was the older guy. It was Iguodala, and that's why Iguodala was finals MVP, not to mention they had another veteran on that team, Leandro Barbosa. You need veterans. They come back the next year, 73-win team. And guess what got LeBron and them over the hump? Yes, LeBron was great. Kyrie was excellent, and they both came through when their teams needed to. But it was veterans. It was guys that do the dirty work. Tristan Thompson dominating the Warriors on the offensive glass. J.R. Smith making a big three. Richard Jefferson playing defense, getting into the body of guys. That kind of stuff. Veterans help you win titles. So what I'm telling you is enjoy the season. Yes, there are some young, talented teams out there. And the Sixers would actually be going against my own formula. That says more or less you need. Well, actually, I take that back. 
one of the reasons why I'm high on the Sixers is not just what you can get from J.J. Redick, but I really think once you get that swingman back, once you get Wilson Chandler healthy and you can implement into their system, I think Wilson Chandler is going to make a big difference for the Sixers. I think he's going to impact the way they play offense. I also think he's going to show some versatility defense. He's not known as a great defender, but he's a very good defender and he's a versatile defender, not to mention he can put the ball on the deck and create for himself and others. So I think what the, what they did, yes, they lost some shooters, but they got back guys that can put the ball on the deck and they drafted. Well, they replaced the older shooters with a young shooter, not to mention Redick is still there. And while he can drive you crazy at times because he's not the best passer and sometimes he'll take bad threes, Robert Covington is for sure one of the best perimeter defensive players in the NBA. There's no question. This guy gets his hands on everything. He gets more deflections than any player in basketball. Terrific defender, great help defender, and he's a solid three-point shooter. If I would want more from him offensively is if he could be a little bit more efficient and he got a little bit better at finishing around the rim in traffic. I'm enjoying this season. It's, we're just the first week in, and it's a blast. And like I said, I don't mind the comments. I get it. We, we kind of like to react in real time and get ahead of ourselves. Those Lakers are going to be fine. Those Raptors and Celtics are going to be there in the end. They should be favorite, but I think the Sixers are going to take one of their spots in the conference finals. I'm not worried about the Houston Rockets. I think they're still adjusting to their new roster and some of the new players that they're still trying to implement into that system. But when it comes together, you're go- they're going to find a role for Melo. They're going to find a role for Carter Williams and James Ennis. When they get Brandon Knight 100% healthy, they've just given themselves another playmaker, another guy that can create off the dribble. It's going to be interesting. But anybody that doesn't think the Rockets are a problem or are going to be a problem again this season, you got suspect basketball knowledge. It's the cipher. I'm going to hit y'all back one more time with one more thought on the NBA. Games to watch? I shouldn't have to tell you guys this because a lot of you predict this will be the Eastern Conference Finals. We get to see a preview right off the bat. Boston versus the Raptors at 8 tonight. Another game I'm going to be watching, watch those Pacers versus Giannis and the Bucks. That's going to be a fun game to watch. And another potential conference finals, the Warriors versus the best defensive team, I think the best defensive team in the NBA, Utah Jazz and Donovan Mitchell. That's going to be fun to watch. Those games y'all watch, Facebook fam, good looking out on the comments, good looking out. I will hit you all up. We might do another show for tomorrow just with responses because I'm so far behind on responses. Much love. Shout out to the Anchor fam and the Anchor app. I'm going to hit y'all one more time. Let's go with some hip hop. It's the Cypher.